Hi, I'm Richard Fox and this is Messages of Hope. Yeah, we've gone into burnover mode. Yeah, understood. Yeah, we're in burnover mode as well. Uh, let us know when the fire front's passed over. Bushfires can be devastating. Even when you're well prepared, they have a way of surprising you. Today we'll be talking with firefighters and farmers who have survived extreme bushfires. So we're covered in blankets, put our heads down, got all the curtains down. Radio um, Wait till the fire front passes and then uh, inform Caton Station that uh, the danger's passed. Yeah, I think the fire front's gone, so we'll get out and check everything. And now we'll just get out and check under the appliance, make sure nothing's burning. Bushfires can be unpredictable and you can suddenly find yourself being overtaken by the speed of a fire. How would you feel if you had to suddenly leave your home, possessions, pets and livestock behind, not knowing what will happen to them? So what's it like to fight a fire or to suddenly evacuate your home? I don't remember in the uh, fires we had back in January feeling scared or fearful of anything. It was, you didn't really have time to feel that way. You sort of got in and got the job done as best we could and probably only afterwards after the event that you sort of sit back and realise just what sort of you know, situation we were actually in and we realised it could have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah, we could see this big red glow in the sky south of home there and within five minutes the fire was right upon us. <laughs> the phone rang and there was an automated message saying either go or stay, decide now. My stomach just went loop the loop, you know. Couldn't find the cat, grabbed the dog and left. This is Messages of Hope. Here's James sharing his experience as captain of his local fire brigade, and then Coralie, who had to flee her farm. Well, that particular fire would be the most horrific fire that I have ever had to attend in my 50 years experience in CFS. 60 to 80 kilometres an hour, that fire was gone before we knew where it was. Uh, Travelling over, travelling over the fire ground one or two days later with hierarchy, obviously there was some greater intervention than what we had to save those particular properties. To think that they burnt right around houses and houses that should have normally been destroyed in fire that were saved was just miraculous. Um, the toll on the firefighters becomes fairly heavy after, after battling severe heat and, and wind and dust for five, six, seven, eight hours, um, probably more than that, we were probably there for 12 hours, and then to be called back in to action within another four or five is pretty difficult. And from a selfish captain, um, getting home and thinking you're going to get a little bit of sleep and, and the phone is constantly ringing with people querying things, um, you don't get much rest and you really have to try and front up and carry on. It's a hard slog, yeah, slog you don't want to experience every day, but that's part of when the situation arises. Hi, I'm, I'm Coralie. I live on a farm here at Cainton. Um, on the day of the fire, I was actually home. Um, I knew there was a fire around and it was uh, several hills away and blowing the other way, so I figured we were in no danger. It wasn't until later that afternoon that uh, the wind had changed and the air was just full of smoke. It's interesting that um, I told my sister-in-law and mother-in-law to pack and get ready to go and to go and I was still staying. Mm. I wasn't going anywhere because, you know, yeah. Because 
Because I don't know. I think I was just stubborn. <laughs> it, uh, it, and it'll be right. It won't get this far, but I'll just make sure that everybody else is okay first. We all have always felt um, safe where we are. The house has always felt safe in terms of the fact we live on a crossroad and that the paddocks around the house um, are kept down kind of thing feed-wise. Didn't really think it was serious enough to go until um, the phone rang and there was an automated message saying either go or stay, decide now. Couldn't find the cat, grabbed the dog and left. What thoughts were going through your mind when you got the phone call, stay or go? Oh, my stomach just went loop the loop, you know. Um, and I guess it was sort of like, quick, now what, what am I going to do? What am I going to take? We've never really seriously drawn up a plan of, of uh, flight. And as I, I walked out the door, I thought, I looked around and I thought, you know, there's all this stuff that I can't take with. You know, my grandmother's or my grandparents' dining setting, you know, table chairs, sideboard and, and lounge seat. Probably not worth much on the open market, but it worth a lot to me in terms of memories and, and sentiment. And I look at it and I thought, but it's just stuff, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, if I can walk out with James and the kids uh, and we're okay, the rest would be really horrible to lose. But first things first. I'm Richard Fox and this is Messages of Hope. Sometimes in the midst of tragedy, miraculous things happen that you can only comprehend when you reflect back. Here's Rob to share his story. Yeah, I'm, I'm Rob. We uh, were victims of the Eden Valley fire. Approximately 11 o'clock on the Friday morning when the fire alarm went, so um, my three boys, they hopped on the fire truck and they went off. And But uh, then oh, it was approximately 6 o'clock, I think, one of the boys come home then and he had smoke inhalation and heat exhaustion and then he, had a, he was going to have a shower and then he thought he'd, you know, camp for... A, couple of hours or so and then go out again but uh, in the meantime the wind had changed and the smoke and that, that was already at our place there and then he asked me whether he should go up in the hills to round up sheep and that and I told him no nah, look I said it, it's too late to do that now I said with the smoke coming through I said you won't be able to find the sheep properly and you know you could get trapped yourself. We had uh, two and a half thousand acres that we're leasing about 2300 acres of that got burnt out plus about 500 acres of our own and about six to seven k's of fencing on our own property. Then on the Saturday morning then well, we knew we'd have to uh, go up and uh, have a look, see what state we'd find the sheep in. And, well, we had 1,600 sheep in the country that got burnt. We mustered the first paddock, we had a 100% muster. We went back into the rougher country and it, it took us a while to round them up, but uh, you know, eventually we did have them all rounded up there and uh, we only lost about a half a dozen. So the good Lord, he must have been looking after them because when we saw the fire racing across the hills, we thought that those sheep didn't stand a chance because they just wouldn't have been able to outrun it. No, definitely, uh, we, were, we were very fortunate in that regard there. So these are just uh, events that occur and, uh, you know, it, 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 like I say, it could have been much, much worse than it, than it was. Uh, the good Lord, he's definitely out there bat batting for us. If you've experienced a miracle in the midst of disaster, go to our Facebook page at Messages of Hope and share your story with us. We'd love to hear about it, and your story may inspire someone else. Today we've heard firefighters Bruce and James, 
and farmers Coralie and Rob share their stories of surviving a bushfire. From facing the flames to fleeing their properties, they all have surprising stories to tell. How do they make sense of it all? When you, you sort of sit back at the end of it and take it all in, you think, well, yeah, you know, if, if the wind hadn't changed or if that person didn't have a ploughed paddock or if that person didn't have a couple of paddocks of um, loosened that quite green that actually stopped the fire from probably even coming towards the, the town of Cainton, really, I think potentially if that wasn't there, could have been a lot worse for a, a town of Cainton, I think. So there is a, a couple of spots where the fire just seemed to make a beeline for a person's property. I know south of Canberra there, there's a property you can see on the map, a finger of fire just went straight for that person's property. And and you think, well, why? <laughs> you know, it's just the way the wind took that fire, it's that finger of fire straight to that that guy's property. And it was the only one that was affected by the, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That question you asked about uh, where's God in all this, um, you know, nothing's ever perfect. And, you know, if everything was perfect, we wouldn't have accidents and fires. And I mean, fires can be your friend too, you know, like God gave us fire for using as a, as a tool, useful tool for all sorts of things. But, um, you know, lightning does hit trees and cause sparks and it's, it's nature really when it's been happening for millions of years. But it's just because men have put houses and properties in the way, that's when it becomes a tragic. And I guess that's our job is to protect those properties. There is one thing I would like to add, though, uh, another little story. Um, and we're talking about, you know, where was God in this? Um, a farmer who lives further up toward Cainton from us came past in his own farm unit. He had probably 150 litres of water on left. And he, he saw our place burning. He said, oh, that's it. Gahadis is gone. He said, I might as well go home and start preparing my place, you know, looking after my place. And as he went around the corner, he looked back and he said, you know, he said to the chap alongside him, he said, you know, um, I reckon there's loosen in that paddock. I've always seen loosen growing in that paddock. He said, I'll, I'll just have a look. I'll just drive in there and have a look. And you know, he came in and had just a garden hose and a nozzle on the, from their water tank. They sprayed all along the edge of the fire and they put the fire out all the way along and they ended up with 100 litres of water left. I'm positive in my mind there was an angel running alongside them pumping water in nearly as, nearly as fast as they were pumping water out. If you've ever been caught in a disaster like a bushfire and wondered why bad things happen, go to messagesofhope.org.au where you'll find free videos, podcasts and articles to encourage you. That's messagesofhope.org.au When you analyse the fire and and analyse some of the stories that come out afterwards, um, it really does make you think... There is a God. Um, I can relate some stories where uh, there was a person out attempting to muster his stock. Um, a couple of my firefighters realised that he was doing that, quickly phoned him up and said, get right out of it because it's coming at astronomical speed. And that person to this day um, admits that if it had not been that phone call, he wouldn't be here with us. You've been listening to Messages of Hope. If you're looking for hope in the midst of disaster, go to messagesofhope.org.au where you'll find free videos, podcasts and articles to encourage you. 
That's messagesofhope.org.au. I'm Richard Fox. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope, real hope, to cope with life's challenges.